Welcome to Almost an Hour, the podcast where Henrik Stenson joins me for almost an hour and then he literally hangs up. Presented by Callaway Golf. Henrik, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, enjoyed a, a Thanksgiving break. Uh, and now we've got a week here to, to do some training before I'm heading out for, for the last event of the year, which is the uh, DP World Tour Championship in, in Dubai, the season-ending uh, tournament on the uh, European Tour schedule. Yeah, so before we get to Dubai, I do want to go back just prior to Thanksgiving. Sunday at Sea Island. Got it going a little bit. As you know, I always watch your work and try to support you the best I can. And I like seeing these circles around uh, around the numbers, especially uh, on that final Sunday. What what was working that day? Because um, I know you you were hopeful going into that week to see some some good numbers, and and we saw them on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I had a. Uh, even though, uh, in all honesty, I don't feel like I maybe necessarily played as well as as the scorecard showed. I mean, I wish that was the case, but. Um, as you know by now, I'm a bit of a realist, and uh, uh, I, I, I had a super hot putter on the uh, on the Sunday, no question. I think I out putted the the field on the on on Sunday by 2.4 shots. So uh, these guys uh, on the PDA tour aren't, aren't really bad putters. So if you if you manage to get ahead by two and a half shots, almost you've you, you've drained a couple of bonus putts out there, and there was no question. I made. Uh, I made two or three putts between 25 and 35 feet. So, I mean, they, they were they were certainly helpful additions. Then, yeah, you're not shooting seven under by not giving yourself any other chances than 30 footers. So, we we managed to get a couple of uh, couple of approach shots uh, in tight and and solid putting between you know five and five and 10, 15 feet as well. So, all in all, it was a it was a good day on the greens for sure and. Uh, I've I've done some work with uh, with my uh, with my coaches and uh, yeah I'm 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 at least hopeful we we're, we're trending in the right direction so we'll we'll put some good work in and, and see if we can carry on with with a good uh, good finish here in Dubai in the in the next uh, couple of weeks. So talk to me about when you make the first long putt. Does that just kind of uh, energize you and then the next hole or a couple of holes later when you have another one, you you gain more confidence? You're like, well, I just made one of these. Or is it one of those where you kind of make it and you almost kind of laugh at yourself where you're like, oh, got birdie when I probably should have made par on that one? Yeah, sometimes it can be that way. But it's uh, if you play this game long enough, I mean, you're going to have those ones that looks like they, they can't miss and they still for some reason manage to do that. And, and then, of course, you're going to have days when you – when you when you're just making a couple of bonus parts or whatever, but I, uh, I'd, I'd certainly say that I got, you know, after after rolling a couple of good ones in, I, I think you, you you free up even more and and you see the line. I mean, to to make good parts, you you gotta you gotta see the um, at least when you're a visual visual putter and and uh, yeah, you just see where you need to start the ball and and you just have the freedom to. To, to let it go once you made up your your green reading and decision making and everything you, you just got to try and let it happen and uh, I certainly think I did that well on the Sunday and that's why we made a few more so uh, yeah we uh, we're just gonna try and carry on and and like I said we've got a you know full season ahead of us here starting uh, in in the middle of January and uh, this fall which has been an interesting one. I mean, it's been an interesting year. We've, we've touched on that about a thousand times already. So uh, I just want to try and get into the routines of, of seeing my coaching team and, and, you know, getting good work done and, and try and 
pick up some some momentum and build some form because uh, when I've played this year, it certainly hasn't been great. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, we're just onwards and upwards, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the credit goes to the text you got after round one uh, where someone told you to make more birdies. So you did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just keep on texting that that difficult thing, and and I'll do yeah. the easy part of making the birdies. So yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like if no one says that to you, then then why would you go do it? All right, let's talk about the DP World uh, Championship. As you mentioned, um, obviously an event you you certainly must love, being the success that you've had there. When you show up to a golf course where you've won and you've won more than once, does that again, energize you? Does that, do, do you go back to those good places and do you suddenly be like, all right, I know what I need to do here? Or is every year just a different and a fresh opportunity? No, I think, I think it certainly gives a good vibe when you, when you show up at, a, at an event that you, that you won and, and played well at in the past. Uh, and um, especially when, when it comes down to strategy and game plan, I, I feel like uh, you know the scores that I managed to shoot and then the two tournaments that I won there, I've, I've I think I've sussed out pretty good for myself at least what I need to do to to score and play well around there then then it's the 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 new question you get asked every time you're showing up at an event is if you got the game with you and and you can perform to to the level you want to or need to to uh, to get that kind of success so um yeah it's it's work in progress and at least I I feel like we 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 might have might have turned the corner a little bit that's what I'm hoping at least but it's it's hard work that needs to be put in, and uh, yeah, we we carry on doing that, and um, yeah, sooner or later we're going to get the reward. Do you keep your your yardage books from event to event, from places that you play repeatedly, and how do you? Wh- when will you start kind of preparing for it, or is it more about um, just getting ready at the moment? Yeah, it's more about just getting ready. And to be honest, I I haven't really carried a book in, in during my career. I never really carried my own book. I've uh, I've always been. Uh, relying on my caddy to do that i'm i'm kind of involved in the in in the counting at times and and certain things you know a little bit of a double check here and there to to help out but um in general i don't carry the book i i kind of got it in my mind and and what's there in front of me and 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 let the caddy do his or hers job and i kind of focus on but that's that's smart because if you had your own book then you would be able to be blamed for potentially a misyardage or something because you you would in theory have it yourself <laughs> by never having the book. It's never your fault. No, but I'm the one ending up in the water house at twenty odds over the green, right? So um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I can see. I, I I guess to a degree, it's it's a bit of a control question, and some guys might not want to put that control with a caddy. I feel like if I've if I've done a good enough job finding the right caddy for me, I, I hope that they can that they can uh, do their kind of part of it. And, and uh, that's the way I've been going about it. I, I feel like uh, my energy is, is more spent on, on, on seeing the, sh- the shots and, and kind of getting into that part of, of, uh, of the execution rather than running around trying to get the numbers and, and adding them up too much. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of an element of if both the player and the caddy carries a book, then you can potentially... Catch a mistake before it happens, but I don't know what's what I, you know, I feel for my own, in my own uh, circumstance here. I've I'll probably gain more by being focused on what I want to be focused on rather than controlling someone else um, every day of the week uh, out on the golf course. So that that's just the way I played it out. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. A couple other questions about Dubai. And then, of course, we're going to get to Ask the Iceman. And Henrik, I don't know if you saw it, but we got some golfing nightmares. We're going to get to those a little bit later in the podcast. So what, when the European Tour kind of flagship event, uh, sorry, not flagship event, that would obviously be Wentworth, but the season closing event, how special is it given the year uh, that this has been for the European Tour even to be able to have this event and for you to be able to play with, with a select group of, of outstanding players to kind of close off the year? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, everyone's happy to, to be able to have uh, the Deeper World Tour Championship down in Dubai. It kind of rounds off what's been a crazy year. And, and uh, yeah, as, a, as an addition then of uh, of the top 60 players, they uh, originally it's always been the top 50. In the last couple of years, it's been the top 50, but they extended it to the top 60 of the Race to Dubai rankings plus uh, tour members who are within the top 75 in the world ranking. So uh, this is going to be my my only uh, start since the pandemic on the European tour. I've, I haven't played anything in the in the summer in Europe either. So uh, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to round off the year with with a good event like this one. And and uh, yeah, I think we we're going to have a good week. It'd be it'd be interesting to see. How it is kind of play, living in the European Tour bubble. I've I've been out here now on the PGA Tour and 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 played a number of events. And from what I can read into it, it's it's a little bit tighter in Europe and uh, especially the events they played in in the UK has been a lot tighter. In the in you can only socialize with one other player, one other caddy, and. And you you can't really go outside the the hotel whatsoever. Yeah. So it's just like golf course hotel back and forth. And and here on the PDA tour, we've had a little bit leeway. You can go and get your takeout food, and you can go and shop, and yeah, do little bits and pieces and pieces uh, that's needed. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if you if you're gonna feel like you you're spending a lot of time in a hotel, I guess the Atlantis, the Palm Dubai is is not the worst one to be in. So I'm I'm sure we'll be all right. So that was going to be my last question before we move on. You only get to socialize with one player, as you just mentioned, at the event. Let's tick everybody off. Let's name names. Who is your one player? Well, uh, obviously, it's going to be a lot of people who wants to, to dine with me. and uh, That's what I would think. That. I think you would be in demand. So to not have to make those hard decisions and, and make a lot of my, my friends and colleagues super sad and you know, it's going to probably spill out on, on their performances that week. So I'm just going to eat room service the whole week, not to disappoint anyone. So you're going to socialize with no one? Uh, well, maybe. Maybe I'll pick one, but we'll, we'll see. Right. I haven't I haven't made up my mind just yet. Okay, because I figured you were just going to say Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, his hair gets so messy, though. Got it. Okay. Well, we have covered the Dubai uh, event. I have one more question about it a little bit later in the show. Um, Henrik, we are going to give something away, which certainly we love to do. Um, we've talked for the last couple podcasts about Go For It, Hank, uh, which is a great book that you uh, are involved in, co-authored. Uh, you can buy the book at goforithank.com. And what a better holiday gift. Uh, I don't know which, what it would be, but Stefan Pedersen is our winner of a Callaway Prize Bundle. Uh, for being the lucky uh, person who um, 
they also get a signed copy of the book. So congratulations uh, to Stefan uh, Patterson. Anything you'd like to say to Stefan as a thank you? Yeah, no. Thanks for buying the book. And uh, I hope you like the, the prices that we're sending away. Absolutely, Enjoy the Christmas. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Henrik. Another uh, inspirational person who's come into your life is uh, Joachim Bjorkman. Uh, Joachim uh, is a paragolfer um, from Sweden, has won all over the world, and me and you were lucky enough to get uh, to spend a couple minutes with him. You want to uh, you want to listen to that interview right now? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, no, he's done amazing things uh, on the on the golf course, and uh, he's also a great guy off the golf course. So uh, yeah, it's been great to get to know him over over the years and um, yeah for anyone who listens feel free to to go in he's got his own uh, web page and uh, and and you can find uh, find clips uh, on on his uh, achievements as well so please please check him out all right henrik we are joined by someone who you know very well, who I'm getting to meet for the first time, and I think all of our listeners are going to enjoy a quick conversation with, Joachim Bjorkman, uh, a professional golfer, a paragolfer, and someone, Henrik, who received the Henrik Stenson Foundation Scholarship a few years ago, has also taken part uh, in the Henrik Stenson Paragolf Camp, and most importantly, a hell of a golfer. Joachim Bjorkman, welcome to uh, welcome to, to joining us. It's almost an hour with Henrik Stenson. He probably would spend hours with you, but he only gives me about 45, 50 minutes before he hangs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a hard man to to reach. You know? He is, he is. So, can yeah. you explain uh, for some of our our listeners who who haven't heard your story? Um, can you talk about uh, the golf that you play and how you got involved in the game, and then more importantly, how you got to meet uh, our, our good friend Henrik? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm started to playing golf uh, when I was. 12 years old, I think, uh, 2002. Uh, but I think the, the, the really kickoff order um, was when Tiger won the Open at St. Andrews uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, my mind started to rolling. And then two years later, um, I found uh, an ad in, in the newspaper, in, in the local newspaper. Uh, it just was... Um, uh, the the local golf school for juniors. So I I, I signed up. Uh, that was 2002, and then fr- from that summer, it took me five months to get 15 in handicap. So wow. uh, so so that so then I knew this is my kind of sport. So um, Jeff, yeah, what's your what's your handicap now, Jeff? Do you beat 15? I'm, no, I'm nine Okay, so you just barely yeah, after yeah. after whole life, uh, you barely beat the fifteen handicap that Joaquin got in six months. So I mean, that, yeah, that's a, I, that's certainly a quicker quicker uh, descent in, in the uh, in the handicap uh, than 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 I ever did when I started playing because I started playing roughly at the same age and I didn't go down to to fifteen in six months and I remember that much. So uh, yeah, that's that's a heck of a start to to the golfing career, Joaquin. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I find very quickly that uh, uh, the stick and a ball is my kind of sports in in, in the most. I mean, uh, you play street hockey. I mean, you play m- many different sports with uh, with the stick and a ball. So the so golf come come in very handy. And talk to me about 
when you first met Henrik and, and how your relationship has, has developed over the years? Um, yeah, uh, actually the first time, I, I don't know if Henrik re- remembers it, but um, I think it was, must be like 2003 at the, in, in, in Barsebeck when the Scandinavian Masters or something. Um, I, I just uh, um, just said hi to Henrik and shook his hand, and that that was actually the first, the first. But uh, but more officially, it was uh, well when I got the scholarship in uh, 2014. Um, so um, and then from then, it's uh, been really nice to to have, to have him uh, to talk with him and everything. And Henrik. What what tell me what inspires you about Joachim's game? Because uh, I watched some video uh, content and I was already inspired. But tell me when when you first met him um, and and since you've met him, how he inspires you? Yeah, I mean the uh, uh, other than than seeing him briefly back in in two thousand and three, there I uh, I mean got involved uh, supporting the uh, the disabled golfers or the the para golfers in Sweden. Uh, I got uh, got the uh, recognition as the golfer of the year in Sweden, number of years in a row, and there's a scholarship there that I that I uh, I'd, I'd seen a, a program about uh, about the uh, the disabled golfers and and what you know what they were doing with the sport and how much fun they had. So um, I I, um, I pointed my my little scholarship in their direction, and that was kind of the the start of of what's now a uh, a very strong relationship that we've had for many years and uh, they called me up a, a few years after that and asked if I wanted to be uh, their ambassador kind of and, and uh, you know get involved and, and we're just taking this uh, uh, into into something really really great we got the the different camps we got the the event now and and um, we had a start up this last summer here with with a couple of camps for 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 the young uh, the young kids that to give them a, an opportunity to to find out what golf is about and 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 to try and get them hooked and the same way that Joe Kim and, and myself got got into the game one one time there many years ago so um, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun and and obviously within this group you have a have a couple of players that are that are really working hard at the game and they they love not just playing golf and practicing golf, but they like to, to compete and, and, and Joe Kim is, is one of them. And, uh, he's, he's had some great success. He's got, got a great game. He, you know, hits it solid and, and obviously do a lot of things, a lot of things well, um, to shoot the scores that he does and, and to be able to be competitive and he can, can give us a little bit of a rundown of the, of the tournaments where he's played. I know he's Italy, uh, has been really good hunting grounds for him over the years, and uh, uh, it was two or three times uh, that he became the the Italian champion. So it's uh, yeah, it's just great to to spend some time with the guys and 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 see them every summer and and, and see their progress and um, more than anything, how much fun they have with golf. And you know, when you have it as a profession, as as I do and have have had for many years. Uh, I, I I have to admit that every now and again you you kind of maybe lose out a little bit on on the on the just pure enjoyment of of 
playing the game. You know, when it's your work and what you do every day, sometimes uh, that can take over. And and uh, yeah, it's just a great way for them to to interact and and uh, and and be outside and and uh, and have fun with golf. So we have a lot of fun together. All right, Joe Kim, I'm going to put you on the spot here because we got to help our guy Henrik. Yeah, so you absolutely. you just got back from from Dubai recently. And yeah, Henrik, next week, is playing in Dubai. Tell him yeah. a little bit about the golf course, what conditions it's, it's in, and one shot that he needs to work on between now and then to take advantage based on what you saw at the golf course. Now make sure you um, listen here, Henrik. Write this down. This is important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Henrik uh, knows pretty much of, of, of especially Jumeirah and, and Dubai in, in general. But... but um, I don't know. You, you always have to to strike the ball well from the tee. Um, that's the main thing. I uh, what I what I was thinking of. Um, and then um, what was then the conditions the, like? Because you played your golf estates and the yeah, I did. And, uh, the, uh, and, and and it was overseeding at that time, but it, it was uh, for the tournament. But but you can see the the actual conditions that they have. So uh, I think DP uh, World will, will, will be a a great week for you. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to coming back. It's been the same as uh, yeah. Just remind us what what uh, what the tournament was that you won in uh, in Italy or defended as well, right? You you won it two or you won it three times? Four, four times. See, I'm not even Come on, up to speed here. Yeah, why are you trying to take away from his accomplishments? Four times in a row. That's amazing. <laughs> was it four? Was it four times in a row even? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, so that's the those of us who did the, the research figured that out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that's that's great. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I just gotta gotta try and chip away here then and, and get uh, get my third uh, deeper world win then because uh, clearly two is not good enough when you're up against someone who's winning four times in a row here. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Joe Kim. Last question I had for you is where are where are we going to see you next? Tell us where where your next couple events are, because um, we want to be able to follow your 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 progress from now on. Um, yeah, uh, we will see now what happens in, in the world and uh, what the uh, what the schedule uh, looks like. Uh, but. Um, yeah. Now I think yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna have some uh, have some physio training now during the winter, and then uh, probably around April May uh, I will start the season. Um, I, I, I'm used to go to to the US in May, so probably uh, yeah, the US will will be the start uh, for next year in, in May. I think. All right. Well, we wish you nothing but success. Congratulations uh, on, on all the achievements and thanks for spending some time with us on Almost an Hour with Henrik Stenson. Yeah, thank enjoy you. The, and thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Enjoy the break. All right, uh, Henrik, that was inspirational. To learn more about Joachim Bjorkman, go to joachimbjorkman.se. The website's amazing. I did a little deep dive on it prior because you can tell how prepared I get for these things. Uh, so I was checking it out yesterday. Uh, super, super uh, inspirational person. And I'm going to give you a compliment, which, you know, I don't always love to do. But uh, the fact that you've <laughs> been so involved uh, with both Joachim and uh, many of the other para golfers, uh, well done. Thank you. 
that it's been a lot of fun so uh yeah any, any way we can we can help out and support Absolutely. All right. You know what else is a lot of fun? Ask the Iceman. We use your social channels, that's yours, Henrik, not mine, to get questions from your fans. We're going to uh, ask uh, some of them right now. And free t-shirts. Have you been rocking the t-shirt around? Yeah, I took uh, three of them on at the same time because it it gives gives me even a a better feeling. I kind of thought, and, and again, I was just watching the the the, the broadcast from afar. I wasn't totally locked into it. I kind of thought you were almost wearing the Ask the Iceman t-shirt for your final round at Sea Island under under your your, your polo, but I might be wrong. <laughs> All right. Here's our first one from Stefan Halverson. What's the worst Christmas present you ever received? And then second question, what gift are you hoping for this year and why? Ooh. Uh, I guess the worst one would have been the one you never got. That's How about true, that? but his question was the worst gift you received, so he clarified this. <sighs> the worst one I ever received. Uh, well, I think I was giving a, a bathrobe from my wife a long, long time ago, and I just did the... I just did the mistake of not looking super excited when I opened it because I thought I already Ooh. had one. <laughs> I already had a bathroom, so what, why, why do I need another one? And she got pissed with me. And uh, I should have just said, oh, what a lovely gift. And, yeah, exactly. And so Hard on. So, so it wasn't really that it was a bad, that it was a bad gift. It was, it was a bad reaction on, on my end, really. I was the, I was the bad one here. So, uh, okay. Well, the good, the good news is she probably has forgotten about the story, and you just reminded her. She so has she not. To this, she she has be. not. I've heard it numerous of times over the years. She has not forgotten about this. Nice. All right. And what are you hoping for uh, this year? Clearly not a bathroom. I hope we uh I hope we can have a a much more normal twenty twenty one. That's all I'm wishing for. I like it. And a healthy one. Sense. A healthy twenty twenty one. Yeah, how about Healthy that? Healthy 2021 for everybody. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, the gift that I uh, have gotten you is is not going to be the worst, and it's not a healthy 2021 because I can't give that. Um, from Chua Chu Chuan, uh, when you play in Asia, what's your go-to Asian meal? And I apologize uh, in, in, in after the fact for butchering your name. Yeah. Um, yeah I guess it kind of depends on a little bit where in Asia you are, but... Uh, I think uh, like a, a noodle and and chicken and noodle stir fry something like that. That's always a safe option. I, I kind of like that. Some vegetables, chicken noodles, uh, not too not too spicy or or a curry as well. I, I enjoy a curry. So uh, right. same kind of more on the mild to medium spiciness. I don't I don't want something that's turning into flamethrowers out of your mouth. That's that's not really for me, but. Uh, no, I love Asian food and, and uh, uh, eat it, uh, you know, every, every now and again, even when not in Asia. So, yeah, really like it. Are you a, are you a sushi person? Yeah, I like sushi as well. Absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't really eat sushi growing up. So that's something that probably came in, came into the picture about, I'd say about 20 years ago in my kind of early to mid 20s, something like that. Uh, but I, I enjoy sushi. Uh, there's still certain things that I'm not like really dying for on the on the sushi menu. But uh, I like kind of most most of the normal stuff. I'm 
I'm, I'm a little bit more adventurous than, than California rolls, but I'm, I'm not eating mm. raw octopus either. So, um, oh. yeah. Yeah, okay. we're kind of somewhat, somewhat halfway in between. Okay, well, that's good to know. All right, the next one is from uh, Hans Olav. Haradus lakad vida in Harkonyat, which uh, I can translate it for you, Henrik. It says, have you stopped folding your right knee in the backswing? So I guess uh, it's a little bit with my kind of uh, my uh, my trigger or whatever he's referring to that when I when I started when I start the swing that I kind of make this little forward press and then a little weight shift and yeah it's uh, yeah I guess it's it's kind of changed a little bit but uh, we'll see where we end up in the in the end of things here. Um, at times I felt like I started getting too much lateral movement in the swing, which is gonna make it uh, make it more of a timing issue but at the same time I never felt very comfortable starting just from from a complete static position either and I think that's sometimes a hard bit in, in golf I mean we play a we play a sport where the ball is is static uh, well most of the time it, sh- it should be at least and uh, and you standing still as well a lot of the other sports we, we are reacting on something we might have a a club or stick or whatever, uh, but some some object is coming at you with pace and you're just reacting. But here, the that little round thing is just staring back at us, and and uh, yeah. So I I kind of I always felt like I needed a little bit of movement to start the to start the swing. So that's kind of why why I have that uh, that kind of trigger. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I would also like to. Uh Thank uh, our friends uh, at your social company who picked the hardest names to pronounce, the hardest questions, and even threw in a <laughs> Swedish one for me. So I do appreciate that, guys. They probably thought I could trip trip it up, but I thought I did pretty good there getting through this. We have one yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, give okay. you a, we'll give you a three out of ten. Nice. Well, that's all I strive for. Moira Page. See, I can pronounce that name. Uh, was there ever a time, this is a great question, when you considered giving up the tour and trying a different career? Uh, what made you stick at it? And then the one I'm the most excited for is if you were not a pro golfer, what would your alternate uh, alternative career have been? Uh, no, it was never really a never really an option. I mean, I had I've had some some big challenges in in, in my professional golfing career, no question about it. But uh, I don't think uh, I don't think giving up would have been if that if that enters your mind to a hundred percent, it's a fair chance you're gonna. You're gonna yeah. opt out when 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 you're down and low at your at at your worst state. Uh, so I guess that never really um, got a. I, I mean, a you full. wouldn't have, you wouldn't be authentic to go for it, Hank, if you gave up. But just just for argument's sake here, if you were not a pro golfer, what would the career have been? I have no idea, but I mean, I, I would. I played I played football or soccer, depending on where you're at. Uh, uh, so I mean, if I can't be a golf pro, then I guess I'll be a professional soccer player, then a footballer. See, see, I think you would have been a uh, a great car salesman because you would have had the ultimate, you know, poker face. Like if I walked into the car lot and you had the big sunglasses on, and you'd be like, Buy and saying like, oh, this this vehicle is in great condition. It's yeah, top-notch. exactly. And then, Use car and salesman. Then it, and then you drive out and it just falls apart you know, as soon as you exit the lots. And I say, sorry, exactly. there's no warranties for that. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, is, exactly. is, is that yeah. how you how you view me and and uh, and my morals? That that's great, Jeff. Thank no, you. No, not not your morals. <laughs> the ability to pull it off uh, as the poker face, or even uh, I did ask a few other people, and they said you would be an amazing poker player. 
because okay, you don't well, we, you don't give away. Yeah, okay. We right. we go with a professional poker player then. We we scrap the, the the soccer player. He's gone already. It's the poker yeah. player now. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, of of atrocious, uh, we're going to take a look at Sir Charles Swing. I know you didn't watch the match mostly because of uh, of not wanting to support me, but uh, let's take a look. You know, Charles Charles got his swing going a little bit, and then there was this. Mm, was that a? I mean, kind so of top a, tracer, a hustle hos- rocket. Yeah, that was, you know, so so as soon as it happened, uh, Trevor Immelman, who I think you know pretty well, immediately yeah. said that that's the S word. And Michelle Wee is, 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 she just came full out and said that's a shank, which I didn't think you did on TV, but Michelle holds holds nothing back. You know, Charles played really well, and then there was this shot. Um, have you ever, Yeah, you, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive him for that. I mean, that, that can happen. Uh, he's I've, a champion I've now, though. He won. I've, I've, yeah, and I've, I've hit plenty of shanks myself. Uh, and it's it's not a nice feeling. Normally, the next one is a slightly pulled draw. You make sure that that heel is not entering first to the golf ball. You're always going to kind of wrap it a little bit and hit it to the left. So it's yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a nasty feeling, but um, yeah, it happens. I mean, happens the best of us. Mm-hmm. And the 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 one thing I would say, if you're going to hit a shank, make sure your partner is a professional golfer and sitting there perfectly in the middle of the fairway playing alternate shots so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, you get away with it then. Uh, you got away did, with that one. They, they did, did not did, play uh, Did Michelle make any predictions on the cut line or? There was no cut line. No, because she, yeah. she, she really knows how to, how to, she normally takes what it is now and then she doubles it up and then cuts it in half like at Augusta. Yeah. Well. <laughs> To each their own. I know that uh, I know you're a li- you're a little bitter about the Augusta cut line, but uh, that's probably no. your golfing nightmare. But we have, uh, you know, we've been talking about this golfing nightmares. We did this about a month ago. Um, a lot of stories, Henrik, came in around buggy accidents, usually finding their way into water hazards. So we kind of quickly eliminated that one. Uh, here's the winning one uh, from Hen Henrikson. 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 I don't know how to say it. I can't say anything today. Uh, me and Magnus Ra were playing in Orlando, Florida. So these may be friends of yours. A ball landed really close to us, and my friend got a bit upset. Some holes later, we saw the group behind us, and he decides to go yell at them. Full speed with the golf cart, and we come upon them. We yell at this 70-plus-year-old couple who was terrified and apologized for their behavior, even though they looked unaware of their actions. A couple holes later, we discovered that that actually wasn't the group behind us, and they mistakenly yelled at the couple. That was our winning golfing nightmare. I think that's pretty good. Pretty good scenario. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not really how you want it to end up. And and yeah, yeah you obviously feel feel pretty ashamed after after that turnout. Uh, but I was more thinking in the beginning. I mean, that that is certainly a golfing nightmare. But when I when we kind of touched on this back in whichever episode it was of this mm-hmm. podcast, Halloween. I was I was more thinking. Uh, like it doesn't necessarily need to be true once, you know, it was well, more I'll give like you this one. So this is, this is this, the, the runner up one uh, from our friend, Ian Broomfield. He was on the ninth hole and he pulled the wrong club 20 yards over the green, straight over the heads of the group in front, through the hatch in the halfway house, smashes into the tray with coffee cups on, causing their drinks to explode all over the poor guy in the hut while the group of players all die for cover. Now that one is definitely not true, but that is his golfing nightmare. And he went on to say that that every time he pulls a club when the halfway house is right behind him on nine, he has this nightmare. 
that's pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, then, then you, then you haunted. Yeah, you definitely the, haunted. Well, the just, haunted, haunted halfway house. The haunted halfway house. Maybe that'll be a, a segment in next year. All right. So those are our two, uh, our, our two stories uh, for the tour story. In, unless you have one in mind, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, the trophy ceremony at at Dubai because it seems to be very ornate and seems to be very orchestrated and a lot going on there. And you get that really cool scepter. Um, can you talk about on either of the opportunities that you've been uh, fortunate enough to to have t- taken that away? Kind of what that whole thing is like. Yeah, I mean it's uh, obviously on on the 18th green in Dubai, and, and they uh, they set the stage and roll out. Uh, uh, I think it's. I think we're on a. Are we on a carpet? I can't remember. But we got some some tables and and the backdrop yeah. and all the uh, you know representatives from from the uh, from the government uh, from the tour from the sponsors uh, from DP World every everyone that's uh, that is in, involved is there and and then you get to uh, get to receive. Uh, uh, well, the, the the good thing for me in 2013 was that I won both. So I won both yes. the final and and the race to Dubai race as to Dubai. well. So so it was it was pretty pretty easy in that sense because they gave both uh, both trophies to to the same guy, and that's happened a couple of times. But uh, uh, most of the time, you have a winner for the for the uh, for the race to Dubai, and you have the winner for the tournament. So don't ask me. Who you start with? I think you start with the winner of the tournament. You do. They do the tournament uh, first, and then they do the race to Dubai after. Yeah. So um, then, yeah. I mean, the, the the champion for the week will will be um, announced and and make his uh, way onto the stage and uh, and receive the trophy and uh, and then they they call up the the overall winner for for the race to Dubai for for that year and and he gets the other trophy and uh, like I said, I'm pretty pleased to have had. Actually, both of them two times. So uh, yeah, they're, they're cool-looking trophies. We get the replicas of of both of them, and and also when you win the uh, the the overall the race to Dubai, uh, you also get the Harry Warden Trophy, um, which got all the names of the of the previous winner uh, engraved. So you can you can see all the all the the great players that have won uh, won that in the in the past. Yeah, and the scepter is amazing. Like I would just get on the plane and I would say, "And take me home now," and try to see if it works. Because <laughs> why would time you? travel? Time travel. All right. Yeah. Speaking of time travel, uh, how do you handle world travel? You know, I, uh, I I did a little research for this pod, and Dubai is not exactly close to uh, Orlando. Uh, I know you get there by flying. I've done the research, but in terms of getting your body ready for that many hours of of time zone changes, what what's your secret? Yeah, I I, there's not really any secrets to it. I, I feel like um, over my career, I think I've I'm probably coping a little bit better pushing myself through and into the into the new time zone than I maybe used to back in the day. But I I certainly sleep less on the on the planes, and I, I struggle even though I'm I'm uh, most of the time traveling in a in a very convenient way. I I still feel like I'm 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 struggling to uh, even in a good seat get a get a good night's rest. So uh, I got some plans now because I'm I'm leaving on this uh, this upcoming Sunday here and uh, flying from Orlando up to New York. I got a pretty long layover in New York and then jumping on a late flight. Uh, I think 11 p.m. 
to uh, to Dubai. So because of the pandemic and everything, the schedules for Emirates Airlines and a lot of airlines obviously changed dramatically, and and the uh, the normal direct flight from Orlando to Dubai yeah. is is not yeah. not flying since the way back and. Uh, uh, I guess this will mean that I, I then land on Monday evening at about 8.30 at night. So I just got to try and figure out. Uh, I should be able to then, flying out of New York at 11 p.m. by midnight, I should be able to get uh, at least a few hours of sleep and then I'll be up for a while or most of the flight Then I'll try and stay awake. So when I actually land in Dubai and make my way to the hotel and do some COVID testing and whatnot in the evening, uh, I, I'll, I'll then be able to to go to bed and get some sleep because if you're fully rested when you when you arrive, and it's it's going into nighttime, then chances are you're going to be up there watching Netflix in the middle of the night and then then be feeling not so fresh when it's time to go to the golf course on the Tuesday. Yeah, and you only have two days to practice, obviously before the start. So you want to make the, the the most of it. Is that a kind of a consistent routine that you've done, kind of traveling on Sunday? Do you ever go earlier to try to adjust more? Yeah, it, it, it's certainly uh, it's certainly an option, but uh, I'd have to say uh, partly because of the of the uh, of the bubble that we the strict bubble that we're in as well. Uh, I felt like I'd rather. Uh, skip out maybe on a day on the prep uh, to to come in and and uh, basically not not risk uh, uh, just getting getting bored before before we start yeah. playing the tournaments and and feeling like you you're anxious to to get going so it's it's going to be a little bit of a quicker one two days uh, to prep but again it's it's a place that I'm very familiar with I've, I've played many many times and uh, I would have taken a different approach. Uh, if uh, if it would have been a, a tournament where I'm where I'm not as familiar with the uh, with the golf course and the conditions and and everything else, so I I, I, I took the took the decision to stay at home uh, maybe a day longer than I would have done otherwise and, and practice at home here in Florida and then and then kind of more of a quick in and and get ready and go. All right, Henrik, it's time for the final word, or we get one prediction about the upcoming two weeks on tour. So it could either be about Mayakoba uh, or it can be about either of the two events in Dubai. Um, the easy one is obviously you're not going to win the first week in Dubai because you're not there. But uh, I just took that away from you, so you can't say it. So what is your final word prediction? Sure to go wrong. Um, I haven't given that a whole lot of thought. Uh, really? I, I would have thought that from the moment we finish our last podcast, you're instantly thinking to what I'm going to say in the end of the next one. The prediction is you're going to see one guy smiling in Mexico on, on Sunday and you're going to see someone smiling in Dubai the following Sunday. Okay, that is, uh, that is world uh, groundbreaking. Uh, I appreciate that type. That's, this is, you only get this type of information here. Uh, my prediction is sometime in the next two weeks, one of us is going to uh, win a uh, golf tournament. Good luck. Thanks. Same to you. Thank you very much. All right. That has been almost an hour with Henrik Stenson. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Joachim Bjorkman. Uh, again, go check out his website, joachimbjorkman.se. Um, and one last thing that I have to announce, Henrik, is we're having another competition because we always love having these competitions. Uh, and the competition for this one is involving uh, the boss. So you have to use hashtag boss and tag someone who's the best boss ever with the reasoning why. It could be a parent. 
uh, a caregiver, a brother, a sister, a daughter. It could be you, Henrik. Someone could tag you, a work colleague. Henrik will pick a winner on the next podcast, and they will win a Hugo Boss polo, a baseball cap, and a pair of Henrik Stenson eyewear, uh, all of which will be a, uh, I mean, maybe some good used car salesman will win this stuff, and they can be a hashtag boss. <laughs> yeah, that's likely to happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. So make sure yeah. you get your entries in, tag someone, use the hashtag BOSS, uh, and Henrik will pick the winner and we'll announce it next time. Thanks so much for uh, spending almost an hour with me and best of luck as uh, you travel over to Dubai. Thank you very much. Take care.